The release of Niall Davis has opened up a spot on the Packers roster likely to be filled by Corey Lindsley to help an injury-plagued Packers offensive line. We'll find out how they've been battling through injury with Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. fans welcome to railbird central at cheesehead tv i'm your host brian caravu we're talking some packers football this morning we're looking forward to a game against the indianapolis colts this upcoming weekend to do that we have a guest joining us on the phone this morning he's nathan yankee of profootballfocus.com joining us as he does every wednesday during the season nathan how you doing today Good morning, Brian. I'm doing well. How about you? Very good. As usual, thank you for joining the show. Nathan, uh, the Packers released Niall Davis. Obviously, the playing time was meager, but can you give us the final snap counts and how Davis performed at Green Bay before releasing him? Uh, sure. He saw eight snaps in the Falcons game, another five against the Bears for a total of 13 snaps with the Packers. Uh, five carries in that time for five yards, where he was largely ineffective. Um, ran seven pass routes, caught both passes thrown his way for a total of four yards. Uh, one of those was a nice 10-yard catch, so that'll probably forever be his greatest play in a Packers <laughs> uniform. But um, probably a few weeks from now, we'll probably forget he was even on the Packers. Yeah, after being released by the Jets, we may forget he was in the NFL even. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But now that Davis has been released, Nathan, that opens up a roster spot probably for Corey Lindsley, who's been on the pup list. Can you remind us how Lindsley performed last year? Because it's been a while since we last saw him. Sure. Going back a step further to his rookie year, uh, back then he was the top five center, looking very good in both run blocking and pass blocking. Uh, he really excelled in pass protection, where he only allowed one sack, two hits, and 12 hurries that year. So basically fewer than one pressure per game, which is excellent. Um, then going back to last year, he had regressed a little bit. He was still above average and everything, but he allowed a little bit more pressure, had a few more penalties, but was still good enough at that time to be a starting center for over half the teams in the league. Hopefully he can get back to that point with the Packers here because it's possible they'll need him right away if J.C. Treader misses some time with a knee injury. Nathan, can you tell us what the Packers might be missing if Treader were to be out this week? Sure, they would lose a center who was off to an excellent start of this season but has since slowed down a little bit. Um, over those first four games, he didn't allow any sacks or hits and allowed just two hurries. But then in the three games since then, he's allowed two sacks, one hit, and three hurries. So his pass protection has declined a little bit. Um, he's been all right against the run, but not as strong as he was. So recently, he's basically been an average starting center. 
So um, if you were to compare Treader to Lindsay, uh, just for one week, uh, you would lose Treader's upside for how well he played earlier in the year, hoping that he gets back to that form eventually. But a healthy Lindsay compared to Treader in recent weeks, uh, both basically same level of performance. You wonder if kind of that body blow theory kind of happens and maybe a player kind of just gets beat up after a few weeks in the NFL. Uh, But a guy who has been beat up here, uh, speaking of the offensive line, TJ Lang battled through injury this past game against the Falcons. Can you describe how he did, Nathan, this past Sunday while dealing with a hip injury? Sure. Uh, Last week was Lang's worst game of the season. Uh, first off in pass protection, he hasn't allowed a sack or hit all season long. And in this game, it was the first time he allowed more than one hurry. Uh, he allowed two hurries, which for his standards is his worst performance of the year uh, compared to average guards in the NFL. That's still fairly good. So that probably more speaks to just how good Lang's been in pass protection this year. But then run blocking it was also his worst game. A little bit of a liability to the Packers there this past week, but it was still probably better to have Lang playing at this level than it would have been having Barclay playing the whole game at guard. We're talking to Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com here at Cheesehead TV's Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Nathan, it's remarkable to me how little Richard Rodgers has been utilized this year. Coming off a season in which he had eight touchdowns in 2015, has the drop-off in production been as surprising to you? Uh, yeah, I would definitely say the drop-off from last year to this year is surprising. It's not surprising to me that he's seen his snaps decline these recent weeks, given how poorly he's been playing earlier this year. But both run-blocking and receiving, he hasn't looked as good as he had been last year. Uh, receiving, he's already matched how many drops he had last year, despite less than one-sixth of the, the target. Uh, when he's caught the ball, he hasn't been making as many players miss after he catches it as he had last year. And then the state of tight end run blocking hasn't been good in recent years throughout the league, but Rodgers has been among the worst run blocking tight ends this year too. So given how poorly he's played, it's not surprising that each of these past couple weeks we've seen his snaps uh, continue to decline. Yeah, he's kind of flown under the radar here with so much attention at other positions with injuries, but uh, Richard Rodgers probably not going to get a whole lot more playing time once Jared Cook comes back either. So kind of an interesting little storyline there. Uh, if we touch a little bit on the defensive side of the football here, Nathan, I wanted to ask you about Latroy Guyon, who seemed to me to do pretty well against the Falcons, and I'm not sure we've talked about Latroy Guyon yet this year. How would you say he did? I think uh, he had a fine performance, uh, pretty good, but nothing too special. Uh, his best play was a tackle for no gain, but that was taken away by uh, unrelated penalty. But he did have another run stop later in the game as well. A few more plays where he was able to be disruptive of the run, even though he didn't make the tackle. Uh, he also had a few bad plays where the Falcons double-teamed him, uh, was able to push him off the line, and he wasn't able to hold his ground. But there was definitely more good than bad in the run game this year. So overall, I think he's had a few better performances against the run, but he's been very consistently having slightly above average to good games against the run uh, when he's been healthy this year. That's a good thing. And uh, I also want to ask you about the linebackers. If you could kind of compare Blake Martinez and Jake Ryan 
and how they've done halfway through the season because I thought they struggled a little bit against the the Falcons this past week and maybe not a ton but uh can you tell me on the whole how Martinez and Ryan are doing uh sure uh they've both been playing close to the same level each having a little bit different strengths here and there and then uh, compared to all linebackers in the league they've been playing slightly below average for inside linebackers but uh, compared to the linebacker played for the Packers in recent seasons, it's a step up from what we have seen. Uh, both have been above average in uh, making plays in the run. Both have been good at not missing tackles in the run. Uh, Martinez has been a little bit better since Ryan's been successfully blocked by offensive linemen a little bit more this season. And then in the past game, uh, Martinez has missed a few too many tackles which has led to a higher yards per catch rate than you would like to see for a linebacker. But he he's, has had some good plays too in there. Um, an interception, two passes defended. Where Ryan, he's been more consistent in coverage, but he's allowed to touch them, so he's had a few bad plays there. But hopefully both uh, continue to improve as the season goes on. So both of them have looked fairly decent in each area so far. Yeah, they're definitely still young players in the NFL, too, so you can expect some development. Um, Nathan, uh, the game this upcoming Sunday, Packers host the Indianapolis Colts. Who does Green Bay have to watch out for on the Colts roster uh, this upcoming Sunday? Uh, First off is the obvious answer, Andrew Luck, who he's been having his best uh, football season in his NFL career so far. Uh, he's looked very good, one of the top quarterbacks where he hadn't been looking that good the past couple of seasons. So one of the big things or keys for the game will be uh, pressure can bring luck down to earth and the Colts don't have a great offensive line. So if the Packers can uh, produce a consistent pass rush, that'll definitely help slow luck in this game. Uh, the Colts' best receiving option has been T.Y. Helton, who's also on pace to have his best uh, season of his career so that's the skill player that the Packers really need to focus on stopping. Uh, then flipping to the Colts defense, they really don't have any superstars on defense this year. Um, Henry Anderson, if he's healthy, um, he produces a pretty good pass rush. And then both of their safeties have been fairly good at stopping the run so far this year. But the biggest names on their defense are probably Avante Davis and Robert Mathis. And neither player is nearly as good as they had been these past couple years. So the Packers, hopefully, if they can contain luck when the Colts are on offense, they should be able to get a win in this one. You'd hope so at home especially. Nathan, thank you so much for talking to us this morning. Next week we'll talk to you again and break it all down. So thanks a lot. Sounds good. Have a good one. All right. Take care. Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. Joining us as he does every Wednesday during the season. Glad to have him and glad to have you, the listener, joining us as we continue on with the show. No sound bites today, so this is our Packers News of the Day segment. The trading deadline came and went on Tuesday without the Green Bay Packers making a deal, although that wasn't necessarily surprising considering, A, not many teams in the NFL do make a deal, Uh, This is not Major League Baseball. And B, the Packers actually did make one a few weeks ago, so the odds that they do so again were very slim. But speaking of that trade they did make, as you already know if you listen to the first part of the show, 
The Packers release Niall Davis, meaning they will likely not have to give up that conditional draft choice, uh, a seventh rounder in 2018. Players typically have to be on a team's roster for three weeks for those conditions to kick in. So that's good because this trade is, that, that trade essentially canceled out the draft pick the Packers received for linebacker Laurenti McRae, and it looks like they'll still get that pick. Um, but in a related vein here, Niall Davis was claimed off waivers by the New York Jets, and interestingly enough, he was reportedly released almost immediately because the Jets instead wanted to sign running back C.J. Spiller. And Spiller was a player the Packers brought in for a workout earlier this season. So it's kind of remarkable the parallels uh, to the Packers that are happening out in New York. Um, But the title of today's show, if you saw it, was Domino Effect. And the release of Niall Davis has opened up a roster spot for the Packers who are likely to activate Corey Lindsley to the 53-man roster sometime before Sunday's game. They don't have to do it any time, you know, in the next 24 hours or so. The Packers may uh, just wait here a few days to do it. They, they may activate him too. They just don't have to do it until Sunday's game. So uh, nothing pressing there. Uh, Lindsley, uh, remember, has been on the pup list having to sit out the first eight weeks of the season. And the timing couldn't be better because he might have to play immediately either at center or guard. At the center position, J.C. Treader suffered a knee injury on the penultimate play of this past Sunday's game against the Falcons. The good news from a report by Rob Domofsky of ESPN.com says that Treader avoided anything ACL-related. Pardon me. However, he did suffer an MCL injury, meaning he could miss a week or two. We still don't know yet uh, how much time he'll miss. We're obviously going to find out more this week. Additionally... As mentioned earlier in the show, TJ Lang is battling through a hip injury and his status is uncertain as well. Uh, Like I said, we'll find out more, but but there's a good chance Corey Lindsley will have to replace one of those two players in the lineup this week as we find ourselves in wait and see mode. And I'll, I'll, I'll add a little bit more to that in the uh, day ahead segment coming up because obviously practice this week will impact uh, a lot of what will happen, you know, on game day. But to come back to the release of Niall Davis, you know, reading into things, I'm guessing that the Packers felt comfortable releasing a running back where the Packers have been injury-plagued as well, because they felt good about the recovery of James Starks. And I would venture to guess he's ready to come back this week. Not that I'm guaranteeing it, but like J.C. Treader, Starks also suffered an MCL injury, and those typically keep players out a few weeks as opposed to a long period of time. So I'm guessing that Stark should be able to return soon 
if not today, during practice. Furthermore, Ty Montgomery, you may remember we we mentioned this on Monday morning show but didn't have all the de- details back then. But later in the day on Monday, Montgomery opened up more about his medical condition, revealing that he has a sickle cell trait that could be related to his kidney function. You may remember the report we referenced in which he found blood in his urine. Although apparently no definitive link has been made, Regardless, uh, Montgomery doesn't feel as if he'll be impacted moving forward and actually wanted to play against the Falcons, but the team's medical staff played it safe, uh, and it's looking good that he'll be available against the Colts. Just one more reason the Packers were likely comfortable with releasing Niall Davis so, I, I mean, there's a myriad of reasons why they did that. You know, feeling good about Starks, feeling good about Montgomery, and the fact that they could didn't have to give up the draft pick, all those kind of contributing to the reasons for uh, parting ways with Niall Davis just two weeks after acquiring him from the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, but in one more piece of news here, Uh, The Packers came to an injury settlement this week with safety Chris Banjo, just like they did the previous week with uh, wide receiver Jared Abraderis. So same kind of situation here. Banjo was previously placed on injured reserve with a pulled hamstring a week ago. Uh, And that means Banjo's time with the Packers has come to a close which is kind of an abrupt end for a player that was a postseason captain last year. Um, Chris Banjo is going to be subject to waivers as well, so we'll see if he clears them or not. Um, I, I would tend to figure that, you know, seeing as he currently is injured, dealing with this hamstring injury, um, No team is going to claim him immediately, although may sign him later uh, once he gets better, healthier. Obviously, Banjo's biggest impact was on special teams during his time in Green Bay, having originally been signed in 2013. uh, When you remember, he beat long odds to make the Packers roster and has stuck around since that time. Uh, But he's also played in certain sub-packages on defense, Uh, But the emergence of several young safeties likely made Banjo expendable. Those players are Kentrell Bryce, Marwin Evans, and Jermaine Whitehead, all of whom have been contributing on special teams uh, just recently in the case of Jermaine Whitehead, who was just elevated this past week. Uh, And in the case of Kentrell Bryce, he has a role on defense that's only been growing Uh, But definitely Banjo's leadership will be missed. Uh, We wish the best of luck to him. I mean, this this is a guy who was last season a postseason captain. Um, And, you know, that's it. You you tend to think, oh, well, a captain, those those are kind of the the building blocks you build a team around. But uh, seeing as it's special teams, not quite as. Uh, a stark contrast as there is with an offensive or defensive captain. 
Uh, but yeah, good luck to Chris Banjo here. Um, as we get into the next segment here, the day ahead, the Packers release their first injury report of the week on Wednesday as they get ready to start their preparations for the Indianapolis Colts. Not they, not that they haven't been preparing already. I'm sure they've been watching film and designing game plans and things like that, but it's the first of the on-field preparations here. I know today when the Packers release that injury report, I'll be looking at the status of the offensive line in particular, perhaps more than anywhere else, uh, including J.C. Treader and T.J. Lang. I'm not quite sure what the Packers would do if they're both out. Now, obviously, the good news is that they're likely to have Corey Lindsley, and, you know, after he's been out, you know, it, it just hasn't been the regular season here, which he missed, you know, uh, uh, the, the first eight weeks of the season. This dates back to training camp. He didn't take part in training camp. Uh, so, you know, there was more than a month there and, and four preseason games he didn't play in. And it dates back to their, you know, preseason program, you know, back in, in, in the month of May and June in which Corey Lindsley, at least a, a part of it, was held out. So, I mean, we're talking practically half a year here that Corey Lindsley has been, you know, recovering from this this injury, so he should be ready to go by now, which is which is good. You know, he's a guy who knows the offense, can step right in, and assuming he's not too rusty, the Packers' offense probably doesn't miss a beat. The big question here is if, you know, both Treader and Lang happen to be out, then you're looking at, you know, the guy they've been bringing in off the bench has been Don Barclay. And at one time, I thought, you know, when Lindsley came back, you know, the, the player they would release would be Don Barclay to make room for him. But as is so often the case in the NFL, injury decisions are, are made for you. I mean, when when the Packers released Niall Davis, well, then they didn't have to get rid of Don Barclay. You can just sit on the roster. But that that being said, I mean, the... the the scary part of the situation is his him coming into the game and, and filling in now. And and I'm not sure if at some point here the Packers got to make the move and, and, and almost put somebody like Jason Spriggs or Kyle Murphy in the game instead here. Uh, I feel more comfortable, even with rookies, even though they're more inexperienced, I feel more comfortable with them than I do Don Barclay right now. Not that you have to cut Barclay because the, the, the Packers just don't have to cut him right now so he can he can sit on the roster. Uh, I just more likely like him on, uh, on, on the inactive list uh, on game days for the time being. Um, but we'll see. Uh, like I said, nothing nothing's etched in stone here with J.C. Treader and T.J. Lang. It's possible they could both play. Lang, as it was, battled through for the majority of the game against the Falcons this past week with a hip injury. You could see him wincing through pain as he he briefly had to leave the field. Um, uh, but it's possible he could battle through it after a week of rest here. Uh, maybe the Packers kind of hold him out of practice. You saw him do that a lot the previous seasons here with Josh Sitton. 
who had his own set of problems more more frequently with a back issue than anything else. Uh, but he would sit out the week of practice during the week and then play suit up on Sundays and, and still do just fine, and maybe Lang will do that. Um, but again, that's that's why I'm waiting to see what the injury report here in which they you know, kind of released their practice status. Were they limited? Were they, you know, were they entirely withheld from practice or what happens here? So sometime Wednesday afternoon after the completion of practice, they'll release that list. Um, But, you know, we're we're also looking at the status of several players here. And, And I just... You know, I can name them. Ty Montgomery, Randall Cobb, Clay Matthews, James Starks, Jared Cook, Quentin Rollins. I just rattled off a laundry list of players, and at least a few of them should be ready to come back. Maybe not all of them, but a few of them. And I'm hoping in particular that Quentin Rollins will be ready to come back you know, it's been said that, you know, he both he and Demarius Randall have been dealing with groin injuries, but Randall's, you know, required surgery. So understandably, it's going to take him longer to recover. I'm not holding out any hope that Demarius Randall's going to be back against the Colts, but I am hoping that Quentin Rollins is going to be back sometime soon. So the Packers at least have a, a improved depth, if nothing else, at the position Ladarius Gunter's been holding down the fort uh, at cornerback. Uh, one of the cornerback positions the past at least two weeks, he's played really well. Uh, he had the one good, you know, the one bad game there uh, against the Cowboys. But, you know, basically in three out of four weeks in which he's gotten extended playing time, Gunter's played well. I'm not too concerned about him. But I think Quinn Rollins would be an upgrade over Dimitri Goodson uh, at one of the other starting cornerback positions, at least for the time being. You know, having Sam Shields and Demarius Randall might be the ideal situation, but, you know, I think Rollins is an upgrade. And that isn't, you know, Dimitri Goodson, credit him for helping the Packers get through a rough patch. Uh, he's. He's played better, even though he had a poor game this past week. On the whole, he's played better than I expected he would. So kudos to him for that. And and there's a spot on the roster for Dimitri Goodson, especially considering the way he contributes on special teams as a gunner. Um, But I just think, you know, Rollins ideally in the lineup ahead of him and that'll improve the play of the Packers' defense as a whole. Uh, But maybe we'll learn more uh, this evening when Quinton Rollins hosts his weekly radio show, so to kind of continue on with the day ahead here, Wednesday evening on 107.5 FM The Fan. uh, It takes place live at Thornberry Creek in Oneida at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. You can also stream it live online or be part of the live studio audience. It's open to the public. But I believe it's Quentin Rollins' turn to host this week. Him and Dayton Jones kind of take turns on and off. Uh, but maybe Quinn Rollins will be able to lend a little bit more insight into his status on the radio this evening. Uh, and speaking of television shows, uh, at the same time, uh, I know Green Bay Nation announced on social media 
that their guest this evening will be wide rookie wide receiver Trevor Davis, who had the big game this past week. Uh, that airs at 6.30 p.m. on WFRB TV in Green Bay. So check that out. That that one's not open to the public. That's in a closed studio space, but you can watch it uh, for its uh, debut show this week at 6.30 p.m. Uh, so you'll be able to see that. Uh, also, Mike McCarthy will have his press conference stream live this morning on Packers.com. Uh, so there's perhaps plenty to learn before we talk again here at Railbird Central on Friday, of which we've already got the guest lined up on the show with the upcoming Packers-Colts game being televised by CBS. We've got the Madison CBS affiliate sports anchor Melissa Kim going to join us on the show to help preview that Packers-Colts game. So looking forward to that on Friday. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll break it down and have some game predictions then for you. Uh, but that should do it for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us. This show airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, which is the live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. My call to action is always, as usual, if you've not done so already, please give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It's the one small thing we ask. The show is free of charge, no subscription, no paywall. So if you could do us a solid, head to iTunes, search Cheesehead TV. It'll pop right up. Uh, give us that five-star rating and a brief little review. doesn't have to be anything long. But by doing so, it helps get word out about the show when people are searching for Packers Podcasts. And we think it's a service to them. Can You can remember when you first found this show. And hopefully you were glad you did. And maybe when you were searching online, that was partially due to people providing reviews and uh, becoming one of the, the higher ranked, uh, you know, results when people search for it on Google, on iTunes, whatever. Um, but thank you. Thanks for doing that, and and uh, we'll see you, folks. Have a good Friday. On behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Caribou. I leave you today with a song called Colorado Bluebird Sky by String Cheese Incident on Psy Fidelity Records. See ya. Go Pack Go. See